0: Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 15th of March 2015, entitled, As Only a Mother. And the Bible reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 66, verses 10 to 14. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. If you'd like to be opening your Bibles this morning to Isaiah chapter 66, the last chapter, the book of Isaiah going to begin reading in verse 10 this morning and reading down through verse 14. So I invite you to stand to honor the reading of God's most holy word, beginning in Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 10. He says, Rejoice ye with Jerusalem, and be glad with her, all ye that love her. Rejoice for joy with her, all ye that mourn for her that ye may suck and be satisfied with the breast of her consolations, that ye may milk out and be delighted with the abundance of her glory. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river, and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then shall ye suck, and ye shall be born upon her sides and be dandled upon her knees. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. When ye see this, your heart shall rejoice, and your bones shall flourish like an herb. The hand of the Lord shall be known toward his servants, and his indignation toward his enemies. Father, we thank you this morning. We have the wonderful privilege of gathering together in your house, Lord, of having your word before us, being able to read from it, with the assurance of knowing that your spirit lives within us, that it is he right now that we come, depending upon, Lord, to take and speak to our hearts, to speak to us in a way that we cannot speak to ourselves or to each other. Father, may you take, as you know each heart here this morning, you know the needs. Lord, I pray for that one that is lost. I pray that your conviction would be upon them in a mighty and a real way today. I pray that they would recognize their sin and see the terribleness of it and see all that they can have in Christ. I pray for the backslider that may be walking afar off, that though they have accepted Christ, Lord, they know their life is not where it needs to be at this time. Lord, I pray for each and every one of your children, whatever the position, wherever they are, that they could be reminded of wonderful truths from your word this morning that would both comfort them, that would also challenge us to be more than we are. Of course, in Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. I stated earlier, of course, that this being Mother's Day, that... We do especially want to honor the mothers today. They deserve that honor, and God demands that honor of us. A simple thought this morning is, as only a mother. You know, it's interesting, this morning we've been singing praises to the Lord. We've been singing about our confidence in Him, the great love that he has loved us with. And it's interesting that as we look into God's word, that though we speak of God as being our father, and we know much about he being our father, yet in a number of places throughout scripture, he compares himself to the characteristics of a mother and shows how that some of those characteristics that we see in a mother, and I you know, thinking on these things, I begin to think back and I go right back even to the Garden of Eden that there God created man in his own image. But as he created man in his own image, man was not complete within himself and he created woman in that image and the two of them were as one. You see, though that each and every one of us are individual and unique. God has created all of us who we are. God has His special touch upon each one. That at the same time, there is the uniqueness of this relationship of a husband and a wife, of a father and a mother, the honor that God demands that we give to the fathers and the mothers. And of course, that really, in fact, that each and every one of our lives, we are here, we are alive, we are who we are. Yes, because God created us unique, but because God did that through our parents, our father and our mother, none of you would be who you are or the same person were it not for God giving you the parents that he gave you As we look and we look at these things and we look at this picture that we're not taking away from the fatherhood of God to recognize that there are characteristics that we see in the mom, and that's not to say that we don't see those things in the dads as well, but there are some things that stand out about the mother in such a way that even God uses them to describe uh, his own character. And of course, our reading here And the book of Isaiah is one that is speaking of the millennial, that kingdom blessing of a time that is yet to come. But it's just one of these places where he specifically speaks of even using Jerusalem itself and the blessings that will come to all, giving the illustration of a baby, of a baby that is taking its food from its mom of the comfort that that child is getting from his mom is that which will be ours through Jerusalem, but also very much so, as we notice there in verse 13, as one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you. God is using the comfort of a mother to explain the kind of comfort that he will bring. We find another verse in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, and I just want to give you three things this morning, and I don't plan on taking a long time, but just three characteristics that I believe on this Mother's Day that we can be reminded uh, that are characteristics of a mother, but they're characteristics that God has as well as our heavenly Father. You see, in Matthew chapter 23, verse 37, he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. They didn't have a very good record of the way that they treated God's people that was sent to them. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together even as a hen gathereth her chicken under her wing. And ye would not. You see, one of the first things, one of those first characteristics that we, that we see that he is showing us here is the instinctive protection of a mother over her child. <laughs> that protection that just comes as part of her instinct of who she is. Here he is using the mother hen and her chicklings to give us this picture how many times did I want to bring you just as that mother hen would protect her chicklings? How many times have I wanted to gather you under my wings in that same kind of protection and yet ye would not? Of course, one of the great fears that parents have and we're speaking specifically of the, of the moms. If you're here as a father today, then yes, many of these things will apply, but... An instinct that is just absolutely part of a mother's makeup is the protecting of her children. One of the great fears is that those children will in some way be harmed, be hurt, be brought to harm by some others or some situation and it is her natural instinct to want to protect them from that and so many times even a mom would say, just as Jesus is saying here, just as he's saying, you, my children just like I have wanted to protect you like that mother hen and bring you under my wings, and yet you wouldn't. And moms have to go through that. (laughs) It is their natural instinct to protect their children, and yet the children won't always accept that protection. Sometimes the children want to go their own way and do their own thing, but the mother's instinct is that no matter what, (laughs) She will protect those children. We see that all through the animal kingdom, let alone in human beings alone. We look around us and we can see it. I remember just as in our verse here in Matthew, reading the story of literally the charred remains of a, a farmhouse and its outbuildings and all that had been burned to the ground. There was nothing left. If you've seen these photos of of just the charred remains, there's, there's nothing left there whatsoever. There's no life. It's death, and it's a horrible death. And yet, that amongst all of this charred death and misery, there was the carcass of a charred remains of a mother hen. And those wings began to move. But it wasn't because there was any life left in the mother hen. It was the cause that beneath those wings was her chickling that she herself, though with her dying breath, so to speak, her instinct had been to protect those children of hers. It is something that we see all through the animal kingdom. It's one thing that I learned very young, even with having dogs as pets, that you may have a dog that you love that is so tame, so calm, so pretty, but when that dog has pups, you're much more careful in the way you approach it and what you do because no matter how much that dog loves you, that dog thinks that you're going to hurt her pups, then beware because she's liable to have a little different disposition Many times in growing up in in the rural area, though I didn't personally myself live on a farm, I knew many people that did. And it was something that, again, you were taught as a child when you went out there, you know, those cows look so docile. (laughs) I mean, you can go up, and and, and most of the time you never want to go behind them, but you can go up, you can pet them, you can stroke them. But again, you're taught very young. If that same cow... (laughs) has a baby calf. You don't go up messing around if she thinks that there's any possibility of you hurting that calf. We could go right through. It was one of the things that we saw time and again with much of creation when we had the privilege of going on the the safari in Africa. (laughs) And you see all these different animals that we were privileged to see, and yet there's that same protective instinct that they're protecting those little ones, that they're looking over those little ones, that they're taking care of those little ones. And there are few exceptions. There'd be few. But that is an instinct that is in much that's living, as God is using it here, but nowhere stronger than in a mother. I mean, think of the scriptural illustrations, and there are so many, but just think of Moses' mother. I mean, the king's command had come down and all of the Hebrew children were to be killed. All of them that were born there in Egypt. But she defied that knowing that she risked her own freedom and her own life. She hid that baby away for three months and finally he got to the size of where that she could no longer do that and she took him down to the river and she found that, that hiding place where she hid him there amongst the bulrush. Pharaoh's daughter comes along and finds that baby and takes him to her own. And then, of course, God's sovereign hand working in, in such a way that it was actually the mother that was called upon to nurse that little baby to care for her only child, to become that child's nurse. But the thing is, is that Moses' mother was willing to risk everything in order to protect that child. One of the messages that I almost preached today is found in 1 Kings chapter 3. And of course... If we turn there and just read that passage. In 1 Kings chapter 3, let's pick up down in verse, verse 16. The Bible says, Then came there two women that were harlots under the king and stood before him. There's a lot of things that could be said, but what are we seeing here is two women that are far from perfect. We're seeing two prostitutes, two women of the street, two that most of all of society would look down upon as being uh, an unfit mother. But I want you to notice something. These two harlots were brought and the one woman said, oh my Lord, I and this woman dwell in one house and I was delivered of a child with her in the house and it came to pass the third day after I was delivered that this woman was delivered also and we were together. There was no stranger with us in the house, save we two in the house. And this woman's child died in the night because she overlaid it. And she arose at midnight and took my son from beside me while thine handmaid slept and laid it in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. When I rose in the morning to give my child suck, behold, it was dead. But when I had considered it in the morning, behold, it was not my son, which... I did bear. The other woman said, Nay, but the living is my son, and the dead is thy son. And this said, No, but the dead is thy son, and the living is mine. Thus they spake before the king. These two women, these two prostitutes, they they lived together. They both gave birth to a child in the the same day, and one rolled over on his child and smothered it and and killed it during the night. And so she swaps them out and takes the other one. And the next morning when when they wake up, the one there, she sees that the baby is dead. But then when she looks a bit closer, she realizes, no, this isn't my child at all. So they before the king, giving this story to the king and explaining to the king what had happened Notice verse 23, then said the king, the one saith, this is my son that liveth, and thy son is the dead. And the other saith, nay, but thy son is the dead, and my son is the living. And the king said, bring me a sword. And they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two, and give half to the one and half to the other. Okay, we'll settle this. Both of you say that this is your child, bring my sword, we'll just... Cut the child in half, and each of you can, can take half of it each and go on your merry way. Then spake the woman who's the living child, here's the real mother of these two harlots. And to her bowels yearned upon her son, and she said, O oh my lord, give her the living child, and in no wise slay it. But the other said, Let it be neither mine nor thine, but divide it. <laughs> so you got these two there. <laughs> king said, okay, let's just cut this child in half and each of you take half. But the real mother very quickly says, no way, no way. (laughs) Give the child to her. (laughs) Give the child to her. She was willing to sacrifice that child herself in order that the child would be protected and live. The other one that wasn't the real mom, (laughs) go ahead and cut it in half and give us each half of it (laughs) Then the king answered and said, Give her the living child, and in no wise slay it, she is the mother thereof. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. God used this very instinct that we're talking about here, this protective instinct of the mother. God used it here for the king to to know who the real mother was because it would come out when it came to the crunch. You see, we find that God is showing us this characteristic, this instinctive protection of a mother to protect her children. And God is using that to see that in the mother, and he's using that very illustration to show us in himself that he's there to protect us that no sacrifice is too great, which he proved on Calvary. But he says, even though I'm there, even though I've called you so many times, you just wouldn't. Today, children make bad choices sometimes to get out from under the protection that God has given them and their moms and their parents. Christians do the same thing, but they're heavenly parents. they Father in heaven, and of course, as we think on this Mother's Day, we thank God for that love that a mother has for her child, that is such that as we go there, that I don't know what's happened up there, that this instinctive protection that a mother gives her child, is one that Jesus used to describe the protection that he offers us. You see, in Psalm chapter 91, it's just one of the places that he describes that to us. Psalm 91, notice what he says. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with the feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Oh, this is just one small place. God is showing us that he himself, he himself wants to be that protection for you as a mother is to her child. But we see something else and we see that in our, really our text, our passage today when he said there in Isaiah 66 verse 13, as one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you and you shall be comforted. In Jerusalem, as only a mother, as one whom his mother comforted, as only a mother can do in this life, he says, I will comfort you. We see not only the instinctive protection of a mother, but the incomparable touch of a mother, the incomparable touch that comfort that she can bring that no one else can give to that child. You see, you can go to anywhere in this world, you know, whether it be those that have lots or those that have little, those that are educated and those that are uneducated. You can go no matter what color their skin or what language they may speak. What is the natural instinct of a mother when... That child suddenly hurts itself. Maybe it falls and scratches its hand or skins its knee. What does that mom do? <laughs> she takes that child and she brings it up and she's going to kiss it all better. <laughs> come come to mom. Mom will make it better. <laughs> it's her natural instinct and it's a, an incomparable touch that nobody else can quite... Kiss it away the same as mom can. <laughs> What's the natural thing no matter where that mother comes from when that, that child has contracted some kind of sickness and it's laying there and is, and is fevered and that fever is up and the fever won't break? It's not the nature of a mom just to go off and go to bed and, and to leave that child. She'll sit right there by its side the wee hours of the night, right through the night, whatever is necessary. You see, that mother's there with her incomparable touch to comfort that child in its time of need. But you know, that instinct doesn't just run from the mother to the child, but from the child to the mom. And when a child gets hurt, what is their natural instinct is to reach out for mom, (laughs) to reach out for that comfort that mom can give to them that's like nobody else's. It's indescribable. It's something that is incomparable to anything else. And of course, that's what God is comparing it to here And of course we know that specifically in his context he's talking about a time that will come in the millennial reign when he is going to bring us a comfort that nobody else can bring us, but he's comparing it to that comfort that can only come from a mom. (laughs) During the millennial reign when all the herd is being put behind, when he sets upon his throne, when he rules and of course he goes on to, to tell us in our reading that There will be consequences for all, (laughs) and the hand of the Lord shall be known toward his servants and his indignation towards his enemies, but to his own. The comfort that he will bring to his children, he uses the mother here to compare that incomparable touch of a mom. You know, as Jesus walked upon this earth... (laughs) He had a touch like no other. (laughs) When he touched the sick and the lame, (laughs) they walked again. When he touched the blind and the dumb, when he touched them, they could see again and they could hear again and they could speak again. He had a special touch that he naturally reached out and touched those that were in need the touch of God is something that is incomparable. You remember in the Old Testament we read about Jacob wrestling with God and God touched his thigh. And when God touched his thigh, Jacob walked different from their own. Folks, it may be in all kinds of different ways. The touch of a mother is incomparable. But he uses that to compare to the touch of God. That incomparable touch that only God can bring. God can bring comfort when no one else can. It's God's natural instinct to bring that comfort to you. And he's promised to give you that comfort. He's promised that it will be there for you if you belong to him. So we have the instinctive protection of a mother, the incomparable touch of a mother to comfort that child. But I want to give you one final thing that God uses in closing this morning, (laughs) the inexhaustible forgiveness (laughs) of a mother. (laughs) Do you know that (laughs) with a mother, you could almost use the word supernatural when it comes to her ability to forgive her child? That child can make the worst mistake possible. It can do everything wrong that could be done wrong, but all it's got to do is come back and say, I'm sorry, Mom. Mom is ready to forgive. When others are willing to give up and think that there's no hope and they've been given too many chances already, it's Mom's instinct just to forgive again. (laughs) This is her child. And as long as there's breath in that body, she sees hope. She sees hope for now, for his future. Hope that yes, maybe he has made a lot of mistakes and maybe he's done so much wrong, but there's still hope for him to do right. She forgives again and again and again. Though it be a thousand times strong, she forgives again again. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, the Bible says, And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord? For they shall all know him. From the least of them unto the greatest of them saith the Lord. He said, There's going to come a time. When we won't have to be teaching to do better, teaching to know the Lord, because there'll come a time when all will know Him. Again, that future time that we look for. He says, Why? For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. (laughs) On this Mother's Day, aren't you glad? of those characteristics of a mom that are just part of her, that are just natural, they just come natural. She doesn't have to stop and think about whether to protect that child is an instinctive protection that is there. She doesn't have to stop and pause, shall I bring comfort to this hurting child? It's natural that she reaches out with that incomparable touch to bring that comfort. She doesn't have to stop and say, well, I've forgiven him how many times? Shall I do it again? If he seeks forgiveness, she's looking for that hope. She's willing to forgive. And you know, in all of these cases, God are using those characteristics to describe our relationship with Him as well. I remember reading the story, and I've seen many that are similar. But this particular one happened to be in London, and there had come that point when the mom and her daughter had, had a severe disagreement and the daughter had up and left and went her own way. The mother had a faith and she went to the preacher and she was asking, you know, for guidance in, in what to do. And of course, the thing that she was advised to do was just was just to let the daughter know in any way that she could that the door was open for her to return, that she was welcome home, just to come home. So mom goes back and she takes this photograph of her daughter and she puts this little caption under it and she puts them up all over the place in London. I mean, she goes in the bars and the pubs and the food places and, she just puts these posters up everywhere that she possibly can. And it was just a simple message. <laughs> and the picture of the daughter, and underneath it said, Come home. Come home. And of course, in that particular story, the daughter did come across that. And when she saw that, she saw the willingness of her mom just to forgive and to say, come home. She did go home. And there was mom with outstretched arms, and we read a similar story in the Word of God with the prodigal son, where it happened to be a father and a son instead of a mother and a daughter. But the truth is, is that God is waiting with outstretched arms. I don't think it should surprise us at all (laughs) that though we often think of the manlihood and the godhood, and we even live in a day when many are out there publishing female gods and no-gender gods and all of this, and the fatherhood of God is a very strong teaching throughout the Word of God. But you know, it doesn't take away from being a man, from being masculine, from being all that you need to be as a man, and at the same time, having these characteristics of a mother, God chose to use them. God chose to show us how much that He wants to protect us, that He wants to comfort us, that He wants to forgive us like a mother today. Maybe that's what God wants for you. (laughs) You know, maybe you're here today I can't see inside your heart. You don't need religion. You don't need to be churchy. You need a relationship. A relationship with a God that is so real, that is so personal. Because whoever you are here today, he wants that personal relationship with you. And the only way you can have that is to deal with the sin. And that's gotta come from your heart. You can pretend all you want to, you can get as religious as you want to, but unless you humble yourself and recognize just how vile and sinful that you are and yet that God in our great wonderment loves you so much. He wants to protect you from yourself and your destiny. He wants to bring you a comfort for all of eternity. He wants to forgive your sins and forget them and put them behind, but that can't happen unless from within your heart, you will humble yourself and call out to him and ask for that forgiveness. You've got to do that yourself. It's not words. It's not mind. It's not mental assent. It's something from within in your heart. Today, if you've genuinely done that, maybe God's wanting to show you, don't you see, child, I've been trying to protect you just like that mother hen does, but You just wouldn't, you wouldn't accept it. You've been doing your own thing, but I'm still here. I've been trying to bring you the comfort in the midst of all this turmoil and unrest and and all that you're feeling. I want to bring you that, that comfort with a touch from on high that's incomparable to any other Child, I know that you've messed up. (laughs) I know better than yourself how you've messed up. But I want to forgive you. I want to forgive you. Father, as we gather here on this special day to honor our mothers, I thank you, Lord, of some of these special characteristics that we can be reminded of from your word concerning a mom, a mother, But Lord, I'm also reminded that, Lord, you're using these characteristics to remind us of yourself and what you want to give. Lord, my simple prayer is this morning that, Lord, as you help these mothers know that they are greatly appreciated and loved. And we thank you so much, Lord, for the mothers that you've given us. Father, today, help us reminded it also that we need not only that relationship with our mothers here, we need that personal relationship with you. Today, I pray, help us, Lord, not to leave here the same people that we came. Help us to leave in a closer, warmer, more loving relationship with you. We we'll give you all the praise and thanks for it in Christ's name. Amen.